Hello and welcome to the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. I'm your host, Nick McGowan, and on this show, my guests and I unpack the stories that shape us and the lives that we lead on our path to self mastery. So let's not wait any longer. Let the games begin. Hey, Tom, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I am well. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that you're here. I think uh, I think it was one of your admins or somebody had reached out about the show to be able to have you on. And I got to be honest, when I first saw what you're doing, I was a little confused. I just hadn't really ever heard about it. So I'm excited to be able to get into this. And as we talked about before we actually hit record on this, this is healing, but there are different levels to healing and different ways to go about that. So Tom, why don't you give us a little bit of context? Uh, what do you do for a living? And what's one thing that most people don't know about you? Yeah. What do I do for a living? I, I research. I, I research a concept called scalar energy. It's not electricity. And uh, uh, this is my, my passion. I, I've always wanted to bring forward this new technology to mankind. So I spend most of my day researching. It's a quiet lifestyle, but it's quite productive because what I've discovered with this technology to me is, is really going to lead in us into the future. Scalar energy technology, that's my passion. And what's, what's a, a fact that people don't know about me? Um, I, would like to, I would like to travel the world and to experience the world and to live in different countries for the remainder of my life. And the reason I say that is not because I'm necessarily wanderlust, but rather I simply want to learn from other cultures. Now, I've, I've traveled, but... To, to me, that's a stepping stone. I would like to live in other cultures. That would be an ideal lifestyle, to be able to live in Europe for a year, to live in Africa for a year, to live in Asia for a year. So I'm always willing to learn. I'm always willing to try new experiences. And uh, I live in North America right now. I have nothing against North America, but I, I would love to live elsewhere. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool, especially if you can stay somewhere. Uh, if anybody, anybody that has ever traveled for more than a couple of days and you're actually in the environment with the community, you start to get engaged in it and you start to learn from it. So have you had some of that experience before? Yes, I have. And that's what I'm speaking about. I'm not saying staying in a hotel room. I'm saying actually immersing yourself in a culture because you really learn. When, when you live in other cultures, you see how other people think and live and you see what makes them tick. And I, I think really, if, if people would travel more, that would be a unifying factor for mankind. A, a lot of people put up divisions, walls, there should not be any walls. If, if you understood how other cultures live and think and what makes, it, makes them tick, you would be more understanding. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I had traveled maybe 15 years ago, and it was the first time I actually traveled. And somebody told me, your life is going to change when you go over there. I was like, yeah, I get that. That's nice. I know we're going to do a nice thing. He's like, no, I'm serious. You're going to come back and be a different human because of just living in that for a couple of weeks. And it didn't hit me until we came back. And I was like, oh, my God, Craig, you were 100% right. Like The world has changed because I got out of the U.S., uh, exactly. I, I feel I, I wish everybody had the option to, to travel and to, you know, whether it's work abroad or study abroad. I think those are great programs. How do you think uh, COVID affected people without being able to travel for a couple of years? Yeah, it, well, I'll speak for myself. I live in Florida. We are under, under crackdown, under uh, 
the quarantine. It wasn't as rigorous as other countries, but you know, it did stifle people's progress in many ways. So I, I think many people now that were over the quarantine period, they want to travel. And I, I, I see this, people really want to get out and they want to experience life again. So it, it, it you know, on a worldwide lockdown, it was really, I think it really cramped our style. Yeah, almost stunted in a sense, it feels. Yeah, yeah. A lot of teachers are reporting that they're, the, the kids in school, school teachers are saying that their school children are not only behind a year or two academically, but, um, you know, psychologically. This has impaired their growth. So it, it was terrible. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, too. I've got a couple friends that have uh, teenage kids. And they're like, think about it. If you were in high school and all of the things that you love to do were just instantly ripped out of your hands, we as adults could go, all right, well, I guess I'm going to work from home. I guess we're going to shop online. I guess we're going to do this and do that. The kids weren't able to play sports. They weren't able to go out and have friends and all of that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in you know, 20, 30, 40 years from now with that. But with you being sitting at home basically during COVID, I would assume that your research kind of stepped its game up a bit so it did you're right you're right why well working with my research i've i've learned how with scalar energy how to manipulate matter that's one of the best ways to put it and i've learned how to manipulate pathogens such as viruses and bacteria we'll get into that um you know again why do i research I want to improve the human condition. What is the point of scalar energy technology to improve our lifestyle? That's the whole point. I'm, I'm all about performance. I'm all about results. And we'll, we'll explore how I have performance that will someday be embraced by the world. Got it. Well, let's start with what is scalar energy. Let's just start at the basics and then build it up from there. You know, it's such a fascinating subject. Scalar energy, it's not electricity. It's the energy of the sun. It's the energy that drives the sun, the stars. So I work with this dimension of energy that's outside of electricity. It's outside of the electromagnetic spectrum. So when I'm working with scalar energy, it's a different paradigm. It's, it's a different, if you will, dimension. So why is that so important? I can achieve with scalar energy what we cannot achieve with electricity. So if we consider electricity as, as a motive force, as the means to produce work or some type of function, I'm saying that scalar energy, which is the energy of the stars, which is free energy, clean energy, will be the energy of the future. Scalar energy is free energy from the stars. This will be, if you will, a sea change in our attitude. So I've got to call a bunch of people out here in a second. Our audience, for the most part, are intelligent people, but I'm sure some people are going, what the f are you talking about? What is going on? What did Nick do to, wh who is this guy? And what's the deal? Because when people think about electricity, we, for the most part, just appreciate that it's here. Like, think about when you're like, Emma, uh, Alexa, turn this thing on. Damn, there's that red ring. You're like, oh no, I have to actually manually turn this light on now. So when we think of that sort of energy, most people don't get even deeper to go, well, how does, how does electricity work? So can you walk us through the difference between the two? Sure. Uh, to, to make it very simple, scalar energy is the initial energy of the universe, whereas electricity is a derivative. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, if we go back to the source of the sun, what drives, what's the motive force behind the, the, the sun, the stars? It's scalar energy. 
Now, going back 100 years, there was a scientist, Nikola Tesla. I'm sure many people in your audience have heard of that name, Nikola Tesla. Tesla was the first man to harness scalar energy. And he actually built a tower in Long Island, New York. He called it Wardenclyffe Tower, in which he was able to extract energy from the atmosphere, free energy, and then broadcast that scalar energy and power, if you will, a light bulb. Now consider, had we have listened to Tesla, instead of paying an exorbitant amount of money for energy now, for our energy cost is the expense is, is really prohibitive in many cases. Had we have listened to Tesla, the energy of the stars, scalar energy would be in vogue today and the world would not be dependent upon fossil fuels. We would have relatively inexpensive energy from the stars. So again, this is a sea change in, in, in human thinking, and it's, it's going to take, a, a, if you will, time for society to incorporate these principles. But this is what I'm advocating. We need to solve the problems today. There is an energy crisis. That's obvious. We're doing the best we can. I, my approach to the energy crisis is the free energy of the stars, which is scalar energy. So how did you get into this? It's not like one day, well, I'm assuming here, but I assume one day you didn't wake up and go, hmm, scalar energy, that's what I'm going to research for life. How did you get to it? You're, you're right. This is the path less traveled. Uh, let's be blunt. Uh, I, I was able to uh, study uh, Tesla at a young age, and I was able to, in my interpretation, understand what he was doing. And then throughout my lifetime, I've met a, a few scalar energy researchers, my what I would call my precursors, my, my teachers, and they helped me in my career path. To the point today, we are now able to control that energy, the free energy of the sun and the stars. So it's, it's been a protracted uh, learning curve for me. I'm now 62 years of age, and I have spent most of my career pursuing this, this concept of free energy for mankind. So what do you want to see come out of the research that you've done? What, what are your hopes and dreams? And realistically, what do you want to happen in the next 15, 20 years? You know, to, to walk in some way in the, in the footsteps of Tesla, he was a humanitarian. I want to be a humanitarian. What was the point of, of all of this, this century-long research from various scalar energy researchers to improve the human condition? Every bona fide scalar energy researcher that I know of was a humanitarian. So I want to be a humanitarian. What's the point here? It's not about money and power. If God gives us this technology, it should benefit everybody, not the elite. This technology should benefit everybody on the planet. And that's what I intend. And again, we need a new approach. I realize there's an energy crisis and that's rather patent. What is my solution? It's the free energy of the sun. That's the, the scalar energy will solve the energy crisis. So uh, this might be a little taboo in certain circles, but really not on this show. So Tesla had incredible ideas, but was kind of taken out for some of those ideas. Like, I feel like a lot of the ideas that are talked about, like even uh, instead of gasoline using water and things of that sort for cars and propulsion, a lot of those, it almost seems like there's a group that just goes, oh, that's a really great idea. Well, that's not going to see the light of day anymore. And we're going to use that over here and you guys aren't going to see it. So in a sense, and I can see that you're agreeing with me on that. We can definitely dive into that. But what makes us different at this point? 
You know, hopefully it's the will of the people and hopefully it's it's God's blessing upon us. You're right. Tesla, apparently he, he developed a car that could harness the atmospheric radiant energy or free energy. And that car that he developed was able to power itself off of this this scalar energy, off of radiant energy. He, he did not need gasoline. Now imagine if everybody had a scalar energy car in which you simply had a, an antenna affixed to your car. That antenna would capture sun energy, channel it into your motor, and now you're running on sun power, not gasoline or, or not electrical. So why isn't this being used today? Now Tesla had these working models. He had these prototypes. Well, back in the day over 100 years ago, it was an intimidation. And, uh, and the, the powers that be did not want that technology. It, it would have, um, in many ways, disrupted their economic system. Yeah. It almost makes me think of like uh, how they, <laughs> they kind of made the light bulb uh, instead of a light bulb that lasts forever. They gave it a shelf life. Yes, that's done so much. So we call this suppressed technology. And uh, this is very real. And when, when you realize that much of this technology then has to make some type of marriage, if you will, with commerce, with commercialization, that's that's the problem. That's where the, the marriage usually becomes a, um, an unfavorable uh, affair. Uh, so I'm trying to steer clear of that, to be quite frank. I'm, I, I don't want to over commercialize what I'm doing. Sure. Well, it's interesting. So how do you find that balance knowing like, hey, somebody tried this 100 years ago and was shelved? Yeah, I'm going to learn from Tesla. And to be quite candid, Tesla was uh, had financing from bankers such as JP Morgan. Well, JP Morgan turned out to be his enemy, not his friend. And, and Tesla was willing to give away the patents and willing to give away the technology. He, again, he was a, a, a good man, a, a good Christian, a, a good, uh, great humanitarian. Well, you can't necessarily do that because people will not appreciate your work and then they'll use this against you. So in many ways, he should have guarded this technology and he should have really tried to work through a grassroots movement. Now, I have the benefits that Tesla did not have. I have the internet, okay? I, I have uh, wonderful people like you, Nick, who, who will give me, provide me an audience for my work. Tesla did not enjoy that favor. Yeah, it makes total sense. And it probably made it a lot easier to shut him down too, because they could, they could handle that. If you shut anything down at this point, some influencer somewhere is gonna talk about it on some social channel. Right. Right, exactly. Today we have the internet. A hundred years ago, Tessa did not have the internet. You know, I have to r remind uh, everybody that Tessa gave us the modern day age. The reason we have AC electricity in our home today was predominantly because of uh, Tesla's theories and, and his, his uh, strident appeal to use AC electricity as opposed to Edison's idea of using DC electricity. Well, obviously, AC electricity won the war. The war of the currents was won by Tesla. And the world adapted AC current. And in many ways, Tesla gave us the modern day age. A brilliant mind ne never really has been given his, his uh, full uh, uh, acclamation as, as to what he's accomplished. Uh, again, I think part of that is probably because he was shelved and other people had money or, you know, friends and things of that sort. It's funny how he wasn't around for social media or the Internet, but he hooked us all up. 
thanks, Nicola. You know, now we're able to do all of this. Um, and I find that stuff so interesting. Like you and I, we're both in Florida, but I have times where I've got a couple calls this week with people that are in other countries and I'll bounce from one side to the next. And there are moments in time where I go, oh my God, just to think about that and think that we have the power to do it. But that power, just like any other power, can get to somebody's head and can take them in some weird direction. So when you think of, without going down a conspiracy theorist kind of avenue, people could use that that you're talking about, the energy, and the government and everybody else, maybe they're working on other things, but with you specifically, how do you actually tie this into what you do on a daily basis? And how does this affect you? Yeah, uh, okay. So you're right. You have to be grounded with this and you have to have a moral compass. And and again, I look at men like uh, Tessa or another man, Moray or Hieronymus. Those are scalar energy researchers and they're all men of... Uh, a high caliber. They're, they're, if you will, real gentlemen. So moving forward, what do I want to do? I want to present this to the world. How do I do that? Really through a grassroots movement. Again, what is the end goal to help mankind? How, how am I trying to get it out there? I, I'm providing quantum healing for people right now um, through my website. What, what do I anticipate in the next five years that people will be educated First, we're still over the, the hump here. We've got to get over that educational hump. You have to introduce it to, well, maybe a critical mass. A number of people have to be educated. And once they are, then it should gain momentum on its own. So that's frankly where, where we're at right today as we record this interview. Makes sense. So it's more of a grassroots to be able to build it up to a tipping point And hopefully it just rolls from there. But so let's talk about, because obviously this show is a mindset and self-mastery show. I can hear that there's a path that you've been on. And in ways, that's really your path towards self-mastery. But how has this affected your mindset, knowing what Tesla went through and where you're at? Yeah. Um, I've, I learned from my mistake and I learned from the mistakes or the experiences of others. And if I go back to uh, Tesla and I go back to another inventor by the name of Moray, I realize you have to choose your friends because there are people out there with nefarious intent. You know, for instance, one day Tesla was out of his laboratory. When he came home, his entire laboratory had burned down to the ground. Well, that was arson. You know, he wasn't careless. Now, that set him back perhaps a few years. Now, you, you have to be mindful of this. You have to realize that not everybody wants to see society advance. I know that's tough for some people to, to digest, but it's true. So how do I go about that? I, I'm, I'm trying to be as very prudent with, with the people I in, intend to pick as friends and the people that I want to conduct business with. And I, and I really, I want to test people, especially in the business world. You really need to test people and you need to see performance. Agreed. So you don't want me to introduce you to my friend, JP? Like, we're good? That's good. <laughs> Just kidding. We're clearly not friends. Um, it's, it's interesting that you've gotten on this path and you've just kind of run with it. And in some ways, you're in a small percentage, as you already know. And I'm sure part of that is how you probably like that. Like, I'm doing this and I'm doing this on my own. But how has this actually affected your life? And what's the takeaway for the audience where they can say, this isn't just a big concept. I can do something with it. Yeah. If I've, if I've accomplished this, anybody can accomplish this. And how do you do that in small steps? 
Now, what's the key? You have to trust God, you have to trust yourself, and you have to trust a few friends. You can't be an island. So again, you want to be prudent. You want to pick the people that you associate with, and you want to make sure that they're an asset to you, that, that uh, they're not a liability to your company or, or to your lifestyle. So it really is a, a lesson in life. It's not only do I have to be a scientist, I also have to be a psychologist. And I, I think this is true for all walks of life. You know, let's, let's review our lives and let's say there's many people out there, teachers, parents, clergy, coaches, business associates that have really helped us, that have been genuine. They wanted to see us succeed. And then there's some people who are selfish and could care less. They, they would walk all over us for any, for any benefit to themselves. So it's a learning lesson. And what I've learned in life, and I now implement in my career, in my scalar energy career. And you know, it's, it's nothing to be afraid of. You just have to be smart. You have to be prudent. Um, again, I'm on this trajectory to introduce this concept to mankind. Um, I like my approach. My approach is sound. Why? When I work with people, this is a grassroots movement. Nobody can take away your grassroots movement. A com companies come and go. Companies falter. Governments come and go. Okay? A, a board of directors can be whimsical. But if you're working with people, peop and people are the backbone of a movement, the people always stand. You cannot destroy society. Companies come and go, governments come and go, board of directors come and go, but society remains. So how, uh, talk to us about how the energy itself can help us as humans and individuals and how it can help us with our daily lives, kind of outside of our beings. So how, how do I implement this energy, scalar energy? Again, it's not electricity. I've observed that scalar energy holds together matter. If I'm using my my hands and representing a molecule, I can create a molecule with scalar energy or I can break apart a molecule. So I have mastery, I have the ability to manipulate physical forms. So my instruments I've perfected to the point that I can assemble, I can create, if you will, vitamins, minerals, amino acids, or I can manipulate a microorganism, I can manipulate a virus and break it apart. I do this with energy. It's simple, it's easy, it's painless. And uh, it, it's a guaranteed process because when you're working with energy, nothing stands in the way of energy. In other words, energy is, is king of the, of the universe. It, it is fundamental. And when you're working with a primal force, that primal force is not inhibited by other secondary forces, if you will. So working with scalar energy, a primal force, I'm able to create a nutrient or break apart a microbe. Now, from a conceptual level, it makes total sense. Get that. You can break something apart, you put it together, but obviously it's a little bit more difficult than that. You know, you've got to be able to have the instrument to do it and all of that. Now, are you, do you have the, the facilities to be able to do some of that or partnerships with some of that? Or what does that look like? Right. It's, it, well, I'm vertically integrated. In other words, I have instruments and I, I own and control those instruments. I've, I've, uh, if you will, perfected those instruments. I have a, a, an engineering team that performs specific functions to create these instruments. But for the sake of this conversation, my laboratory is vertically controlled. I control everything, which is what I like. And that way I don't have to answer to, again, a board of directors. 
So the key to this is the technology. If, if we have computers today that, that perform functions, wonderful. I have an instrument that likewise performs certain functions. And the functions that I've developed with these scalar energy instrument is I can easily manipulate matter. So I can either create physical forms that's favorable or break down, transmute physical forms that are unfavorable. So what does this lead to? This, this is the, the pathway to being able to control our physical universe. We now have mastery, the beginning mastery of the physical universe. So I'm just going to ask the question that I'm sure some people are thinking, you've mentioned God a couple times. Is this kind of like playing God? And what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a great question. When, when you control a scalar energy instrument, you're controlling a godlike force. If I'm controlling this primal force, this fundamental force, I'm God has allowed me to control his energy or his light. Or if you don't believe in God, then you can call it universal life force energy or fundamental energy. Call it what you will. I am in the driver's seat with this, with this instrument. I have the ability to command nature. This scalar, these scalar energy instruments allow me dominion over nature. Hmm. And this is very powerful, you know, this is pretty deep. And what whatever I've said during this conversation, it's not hyperbole, I'm not exaggerating anything, which is incredible. And I enjoy that. I my brain often thinks in little animations or cartoons and little funny things. And the thing I have in my mind is like this little gun, like I get to control the world with this thing, almost like the Marvin the Martian sort of gun of just being able to zap different things. Now, I, I understand the divine energy that comes through us and everything that you're able to actually tap into and that we can change matter. And there's depths. Even if you think if you think about this mountain moving, you can move the mountain. But you're saying there's actually an instrument that gives us that. And again, back to the good and evil sort of thing. If somebody bad gets that, are they just printing out tanks and warheads or what does that look like? Now, let's go back 100 years, and then I'll use my example. Tesla, over 100 years ago, was able to develop free energy instruments, and he wanted to give this to the general public. But he, he, was, he really appointed a few countries, but those countries never stepped forward. So much of what Tesla uh, discovered, especially later in his life with radiant energy, radiant energy, he'd never released it publicly. It was just, it was so powerful. And, you know, you have to you have to have that moral compass to use this energy that gives you dominion over nature. I don't know if there's any way you can actually stop that. You know, you're, you're right. You're, you're right. You know, I'll, I'll speak to, to my point. I don't manufacture these instruments. I won't. But I'm trying to introduce this concept to mankind. So what do I envision in the next 10, 20 years? Responsible people coming forward. It's a tremendous responsibility that God has given me. And I, I have to, you know, I have to uh, adjudicate how, how these instruments are used moving forward and, and for God's glory and the benefit of people. Yeah. Do you happen to have one around? Like, is there one in your office, something you can show? I, I don't have it in my office. I, I have a, uh, there's two or three laboratories I have and I'll, I'll perhaps share with you a, a photograph of one of the instruments so you can show the audience. That would be great. Yeah, I, <laughs> I have hoped that you'd be like, oh, yeah, here it is. Here's something, you know, um, but I totally understand. 
And this is an interesting concept to be able to go through this stuff. And I, I think one of the key things that we're talking about here is that there's a potential potential to change everything. But if somebody has bad intentions with that, they're going to have bad intentions. You can't really stop those people from having those. You can hope and pray and wish and all those sort of things, but that stuff's going to happen. So let's go back to what we were talking about, sort of conspiracy in a sense with the, the whole Nikola Tesla thing and all. Don't you think somebody else is kind of doing some of this right now behind closed doors? Uh, probably, or at least trying to. You know, let's, there are many intelligent people in this world. And, and now that we know so much about Nikola Tesla and about his inventions and, uh, and, and what he was able to achieve, now, especially later in his life, much of his work, his research and later in his life is shrouded in mystery. Why? Well, it's intentional. He was working with scalar energy. He was no longer interested in AC electricity. The last 20 years of his life, he did not work with AC electricity. He was working with scalar energy. The last 30 years of his life, what's the point? He realized that there was free energy. He was no longer interested in armatures and turbines, AC electricity. His, the new term he used was radiant energy. And he, he frequently alluded to the fact that the sun was able to produce this radiant energy. Hmm. What an interesting thing. So again, I like to be able to think about how this has shaped people. You know, this is a this has been a major part of your story to the point where it's now ingrained in part of your mission. And especially if you feel it's a holy mission at that point, like you are in for a ride uh, and you kind of have to just enjoy it. So how has this shaped you looking back over the course of life? Uh, you know, I always thought that God had this in mind for me because I, I was able to read Tesla's work and understand it, even at a young age. <clears throat> so none of this really phases me. This is almost as if it's second nature to me. So it's really a gift from God. You can call it mysticism. You can call it insight, call it what you will. But this has shaped me. This has molded me. And this is the path that I am on right now. And I realize, you know, again, any gift from God has to be used appropriately and that's you know as as i age i realize what what a responsibility i have to the world with this type of technology yeah i bet and for you to be able to go through and really give your life to do it that's a huge thing so that's a in my book that's somebody really pursuing their their destiny and something that's really on their path towards self-mastery but what sort of advice would you give the audience that's on their path towards self-mastery you know, don't be so hard on yourself. And remember, if, if you have a, 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 an accomplishment, even if it's what you might consider to be insignificant, any accomplishment or even a failure should be welcomed. When you learn from your mistakes, that's when you grow. Every day I have goals and I try and accomplish something every day, whether it's research or, or trying to promote this this new concept every day i'm directed every day is a positive day every day i can look back and i could say i've accomplished something and every day i've moved a step forward to introducing this to mankind so to be very realistic not every day is what we call a grand slam as long as you have pro productive days and now that becomes the norm don't waste a day don't listen to negativity. Trust God, trust, trust your ability, surround yourself with good people and make every day a productive day. And you look at the cumulative effect. 
You know, let's face it, if, if you go to work every year, 250 days out of year, excluding holidays and weekends, and, and if you're working 250 days a year, approximately, and if you make 250 days a success and you accomplish something 250 days, you're going to be very productive year on end. Now, that's the way I look at it. You know, just put the math to it. If you can be a productive Monday through Friday and do something for yourself, for your company, for society, year after year, you'll have a wonderful life. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And I think that helps a lot of people to understand, you know, it's, it's easy to think about, I want to accomplish everything in the world right now. That'll mess you up and just taking that incremental growth. So I appreciate that, Tom. Hey, why don't you tell us uh, where can people find you and where can they connect with you? Yeah, scalarlight.com, S-C-A-L-A-R, scalarlight.com. Now, <clears throat> visit the website. You can read some articles and you can read about our success we have in, in assembling nutrients and, and eradicating microbes, germs. And we also have a 15-day free session on the website. This is how I prove to mankind that there's merit to my work. And this is my gift to mankind. I want to treat everybody in the world with scalar energy at least for 15 days. Oh, that's awesome. I appreciate you giving that out to the audience, and I'm sure they'll appreciate it as well. It's an interesting thing to at least even try it out and see what it's about. Something new for us to be able to explore through, new and old in a sense. Thank you, Nicola. Uh, well, Tom, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I appreciate you being here. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Another great conversation on today's episode of the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. So, what did you think of the show today? I'd love to hear your thoughts check out the Instagram or Facebook page to join the conversation. If you enjoyed the episode, please jump over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review. It helps us be found and helps others be healed. If this episode opened your eyes, made you think, or smile at all, then I'm sure it'll do the same for your friends. And check out the show notes for more info from today's episode and check out other episodes on themindsetandselfmasteryshow.com as well as our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and look up The Mindset and Self Mastery Show. Thanks again to our incredible guests for being real, honest, and vulnerable with us today. And I'd like to thank our sponsors. And most importantly, I'd like to thank you. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Your support means the world to us. And with that, remember, your mindset matters. And so do you.